Hello everyone and welcome to A Story of Light, uh, a live stream musical journey in 19 days. Today is day 11 and if you're joining for the first time, you're very welcome. Thanks so much for, for tuning in. My name is Luke Slot. I'm a musician in Dublin and I mainly focus on setting to music the Baha'i sacred writings. And for the first 19 days of March, I'm doing this series of live streams here at AP Studios in, du in the Dublin mountains. Um, in preparation for the release of my new album, Home of Light, which is a collection of songs based on the, the writings of Abdu'l-Bahá. And if you're not familiar with Abdu'l-Bahá, he was the son of Baha'u'lláh, the founder of the Baha'i Faith. And he's really, uh, he's really cherished as an example and a role model to Baha'is and friends around the world. And cent uh, 2021 marks the centenary of his passing. So hence the new album in his, in his honor coming out later this year. So, um, as usual, the, the, all the previous episodes are linked in the description below, so you can always uh, watch them in, in your own time. If, if this is your first time watching, um, you know, these live streams usually last about 15 to 20 minutes, and I'm doing a bit of storytelling, and uh, I play a song based on the Baha'i writings at the, at the end of each, each part of the story. So, I hope you, I hope you enjoy uh, today's, today's chapter. So, yesterday... We had, uh, we had reached a, a, another major crisis in the story. Baha'u'llah's brother, Mirza Yahya, consumed with, with um, his desire for leadership and really enraged by the, the ever-increasing prestige that seemed to just um, accumulate around Baha'u'llah wherever he went, um, had taken his envy to its ultimate expression. And he had, he had tried unfortunately failed to kill Baha'u'llah. Uh, and although this, this, uh, this betrayal um, by Mirza Yahya uh, broke Baha'u'llah's heart, it did not break his will. And throughout Baha'u'llah's life, there was this, this repeated pattern of crisis and victory, and crisis and victory, and crisis and victory. And this pattern was like this dynamo of energy that just propelled his mission forward. And often it seemed as if the greater the crisis, the greater the victory. And Baha'u'llah wrote about this in, um, in, uh, in, in very kind of profound mystical terms during the Baghdad period when he, he wrote, um, Atom, if you can put up the, the first slide, please. He wrote, my calamity is my providence. Outwardly, it is fire and vengeance, but inwardly, it is light and mercy. And before he had even really fully recovered from his brother's attempt on his life, Baha'u'llah launched the boldest and bravest act in his entire mission, the proclamation of his message to the rulers of the world. And this proclamation came about like a, like a series of waves. And you know when, if you look out over the ocean, sometimes you can, you can tell when a wave is forming in the distance. The, 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 there's this momentum gathering, and you can almost feel the, how the tension is building up underneath the surface as the water swells and rolls towards that inevitable moment when it's going to break. And Baha'u'llah's call to the world leaders of the 19th century was like this, uh, not just one wave, 
but it was like a whole series of waves, waves that had been building up. From one perspective, they, they had been building up for over ten years, ever since his imprisonment in the Black Pit. But from another perspective, these waves had been building up for thousands and thousands of years of recorded religious history. And th those waves were now about to break on the consciousness of the most powerful rulers of the world. And, Antimo, if you can put up the, the next slide, please. Shoghi Effendi tells us in God Passes By. Though he himself was bent with sorrow and still suffered from the effects of the attempt on his life, yet undaunted by the blow which his cause had sustained and the perils with which it was encompassed, Baha'u'llah arose with matchless power, even before the ordeal was overpassed, to proclaim the mission with which he had been entrusted to those who in East and West had the reins of supreme temporal authority in their grasp. And so, beginning in the 1860s in the city of Adrianople, uh, his third place of exile, Baha'u'llah sent this series of letters they were known as tablets, to all of the most prominent world leaders of the 19th century, like a series of great waves rolling out from the ocean of his writings. And he wrote to Queen Victoria in England. He wrote to Napoleon III in France. He wrote to Kaiser Wilhelm of Germany and Emperor Franz Joseph of Austria. He wrote to Tsar Alexander, the all-powerful ruler of the Russian Empire. And he wrote to those two despots who were both directly responsible for his exiles. On the one hand, the uh, Sultan Abdul Aziz of the, of the Ottoman Empire. And on the other, Nasser din Shah, the ruler of it, the king of his own homeland, Persia. He also wrote to the, the presidents of America, and he even wrote directly to the Pope in Rome. And in these letters, these tablets, Baha'u'llah urged these world leaders to set aside their differences and to talk to one another and to put their energy together into building what he referred to as the most great peace. So, Antimo, can you put up the... The next slide, please. He said to these rulers, Compose your differences and reduce your armaments, that the burden of your expenditures may be lightened and that your minds and hearts may be tranquilized. He told them that for all their conquests and all their pomp and ceremony and the great displays of their, their majesty, he told them that their real treasures are their people and they should treat them as such. He said to them, Lay not on any soul a load which ye would not wish to be laid upon you. And he insisted that it, it, it is the responsibility of rulers to take special care of the poor and vulnerable in their societies, telling them, The poor are the trust of God in your midst. Betray not his trust. He also told them to be particularly attentive to the, the rapidly changing requirements of the times. He said to them, be anxiously concerned with the needs of the age ye live in and centre your deliberations on its exigencies and requirements. 
uh, he, he told them to, he said to them, bend your minds and wills to the education of the people. And in, in, their, in, in their efforts to develop education, he, he stressed the importance of cultivating in their societies the development of virtues, virtues like mercy, compassion, and loving kindness towards all. But above all other considerations, he told them that they must govern with justice. He said to them, if the day star of justice were to shed its light upon men, the face of the earth would be completely transformed. But beyond the, the jurisdictions of their own nations, Baha'u'llah told these leaders to, to think of the whole world as a human body where, uh, where every part is, is connected to every other part. And if any member of this body is afflicted or is diseased in some way, eventually the whole body will be affected sooner or later. And I think that the fact of this, this interconnectedness of the whole world is becoming more and more obvious to us all in, in the times that we're living in. And like a physician prescribing a remedy for the illness of a patient, Baha'u'llah prescribed to these world leaders a remedy for the ills of the world. And that remedy was unity. He said to them, Antimo, if you can put up the next slide, please. He said, The well-being of mankind, its peace and security, are unattainable unless and until its unity is firmly established. And you know, um, as I've been reading about this the, this. Um, about the historical event of, of Baha'u'llah's call to the world leaders of the 19th century, the more I, I you know, when you think about this, what, what was actually happening, it, it's almost kind of jarring to, to imagine this event because here was this exile, essentially a prisoner, who had been entirely shorn of all worldly power and wealth and position, um, writing to the most powerful men and women of the world, rulers who could snuff him out like a candle in the blink of an eye. And yet, here he was, their prisoner, addressing them as if he were their king and they were his humble servants. So, Antimo, can you put on the, the last slide, please? He said to them, O kings of the earth, this is a revelation to which whatever ye possess can never be compared. We have, on the one hand, blotted out from the pages of God's holy book whatsoever hath been the cause of strife, of malice, of and mischief amongst the children of men, and have, on the other, laid down the essential prerequisites of concord, of understanding, of complete and enduring unity. And so for today's song, I'd like to sing for you a prayer of Baha'u'llah for unity. And so 
if you've been fasting today or if you are fasting, I, uh, I hope you have a very good fast and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day 12 of, uh, of A Story of Light. This, this piece is called The Light of Unity. Upon the brow of all 